Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, December 14, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, today was Kabuki Theater. It was a Fed day. We had the FOMC, Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, interest rate announcement. They raised interest rates by 50 basis points, one half of 1%. Okay, fantastic. So let's break it down a little bit, and then we'll get rolling on the charts. They said they were going to raise interest rates by 50 basis points. They raised interest rates by exactly what they said they were going to do. So why is everybody so excited and why does the market whip around in both directions after the Fed announcement? It's a great question. I'll leave the answer to the comments section. What do we have on the daily chart? What's jumping off the page at us? Let's break it down starting from yesterday. Yesterday was known as a gap in crap. It qualifies and is classified as a reversal candle. They ran a test of a former high right around 410. They reversed, and today we had a little bit of follow-through on the Fed announcement stuff. However, they did not close below yesterday's low. So what that means from a technical perspective is the market, Mrs. Market, has a stay of execution. What they did do was take care of what's known as the unfinished business down around below 399. There was a gap left open. They missed it yesterday on purpose. We know how that works. Sometimes they come up short. Sometimes they spike them through. Today, on the Fed announcement, they dropped the tape to complete the unfinished business, spiked it pretty good, and bounced back in the other direction. Okay, fair enough. What do we have now going forward? Well, remember, we're still in the midst of quadruple witching options expiration week where weird stuff happens. Namely, big and large swings in both directions, and that's basically what we've seen yesterday and today. Now, let's fast forward a little bit into Thursday slash Friday and beyond. What do we have on the board? Well, we still have a lot of stuff on the board. Again, it's still options expiration, so they're still going to have a propensity, I like that word, to whip the market back and forth Big swings in both directions are still on the table, but we have something else. First, don't be surprised to see him try and rip the market back up in the other direction before options expiration is over. Also, and you'll remember we talked about this two or three times over the last week, we have an important time frame or date coming up. It really falls on mid-month, so we're calling it 15th, 16th of the month, tomorrow into Friday, over the weekend. So what I would expect going forward is some kind of turn coming in the market. Now, did the market just trade down and we're going to see a turn up into, let's say, next week and maybe even beyond end of the year rally type stuff? Or did the market put in a top a couple of days early And then we're going to see some kind of an acceleration deal going on into next week after this important time frame, which is also known as a cycle date. I will tell you they're not making it easy by basically staying in the range they're in. 
if you just look at this and you say they're above 390, they made a couple of spikes up to 410, it's a big range, but they're not able to do anything on either side. You can even narrow the range and say here's the bottom end of the range and here's mainly the top end of the range with a couple of days spiking above it unable to sustain. So here's the way we're going to read this. If the market spikes up tomorrow and or Friday, they're going to begin climbing or trying to climb the reversal or breakdown candle from yesterday, this one over here, with a high of just over 4.10. Now, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes, so we have to know this. If they start getting over the high of yesterday's candle and they close above there, there's another leg higher, at least a 4.15, potentially beyond. But if they start climbing the breakdown candle, they can, and we have to watch out for some type of failure operation going on. Right now, the high of this candle and the official number is 4.10.49. So 4.10.49 is our line in the sand at present. Let's go back to something that's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. We talked about signs and signals of trend changes. They occur on short-term charts, intermediate charts, longer-term charts. All charts act and react the same way. Depending on which chart it shows up on will determine what happens next to what magnitude and for how long. Yesterday's candle does qualify as one of those, and there are many different ones, one of those signs and signal of a trend change. So we got a sign or signal of a trend change. It happened on decent volume, so that's qualification number two. It happened at an important place. They tried to break out to a new high and they failed, so that's an important place. And from a timing perspective, it's not really on time in the sense of what I would like to see. For this type of situation, I would have loved to see that occur, for example, tomorrow. That would have been the ideal situation. But the market, Mrs. Market, doesn't necessarily give us the ideal situation. That's why she makes us work. That's what we're doing here. We're doing the work. We know where we're wrong if we're short. We know where we're wrong if we're long. Those are just big picture commentaries type stuff. In this particular case, we know the line in the sand for more higher prices, which is 410 and change. 402 is overhead resistance, as will be 405. Might want to write that down for tomorrow morning as a just-in-caser. Inside the number, members will have refined numbers to the penny. Let's talk a little bit about the bigger picture. So my theory is that the market isn't finished going down. There's another leg lower. We haven't put in a good low yet. All that stuff. Okay, fair enough. I also think that there are some cycles that culminate, longer-term cycles, that culminate around the first quarter of 2023. So that would be a convenient time frame for a better low-type situation. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. But here's the other thing that I want to mention. We hang our hat on the Fed, on days like today, important announcements, stuff that's in the news cycle, stuff that's already in and on the wall of worry. You've got China, you've got the Fed, you've got Russia, you've got European banks are unstable. 
you got all kinds of stuff. You got the economy, you got recession, no recession, you got employment, no employment. You got inflation, deflation, masterflation. You got a laundry list of stuff. We're not short of items. But here's the thing. What's going to drive the next leg lower? Likely story is it's going to be the unknown, not one of the known knowns. The known knowns are already built into the market. They're built into the tape. Just like today's Federal Reserve Open Market Committee 50 basis point interest rate raise, it was built in to the tape. Just a little food for thought type information. We'll also call, by the way, the unknown the devil we don't know. By the way, from a weekly chart perspective, while we did spike up into the 50-week moving average this week, what happens if they close right where they are, a little higher, a little lower? Is there anything wrong with the weekly chart at present from a technical perspective? Well, check it out. So they made a move higher, and they put in, over the last several weeks, a bullish, flaggish kind of formation that will generally result in another move higher. Now, we don't know that will happen. However, that's what the weekly chart is saying at present. What happens if, for example, this week or next week, we close below last week's low over here? The low is 391.64. Now we're back talking about that 390 place, and that's where things get interesting for the bear case. But as long as we stay up here in this upper range from a longer-term perspective, There's nothing technically wrong with the tape. Be the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about inside the numbers? Well, it was a very, very slow day this morning. They didn't even give us the normal customary morning rush hour routine and then go to sleep for a while. They basically went to sleep. They were in a chop shop formation. They weren't really doing much, so they didn't provide a tradable day as a whole. A, In a slow market, very difficult to trade. And B, after the Fed announcement, in that whipsaw formation, it's very difficult to trade for most traders. But there were some important numbers on the board. I want to make mention of them. 399. And you could pause the video and read all this stuff. I'm going to let you read it today. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm not going to point out other than a couple of things. For example, 399. That was the unfinished business. Let's go see what happened there even after the Fed announcement. Right at the vertical is today's activity. We think better in pictures. 398.95 was the spike underneath 399. What they did was come down and do it and had a rip-roaring rocket ride away. It doesn't look much on the five-minute chart, but when you think about it, from 398.95 to a high of 401, that's over 20 handles in just a matter of minutes. But that's during the Kabuki Theater EKG situation following the Fed announcement. Very difficult to trade. Just want to point out the numbers are meaningful. I'm going to scroll up. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. You'll see here 399. I was willing to buy that this morning, but not willing to buy it as a gamble this afternoon because who knew they were going to stop on 399 on a dime or just below it? They ended up going lower later. Who's to say they wouldn't have done it at that time? That's why after the Fed announcement, it's a very difficult endeavor to try and trade that, even for the ultimate professional traders, the best traders in the world. They're not going to step into that under normal garden variety conditions. 
right at the opening bell. There was a possible scalp trade for a short at 403. It's overhead resistance. They'll likely have a reaction in the other direction. Closing candles above 403 and a quarter begins the leg higher up to 404.50 to 405. You'll see that later on. Here's a three-minute chart. Did you get a reaction off 403? First, they hit it on the button in this candle. They came down. They spiked it through. They came down a little bit. They did provide scalpable opportunities, three, four, five, six-point type stuff. That's a decent scalp if you're into that. But then they just ran sideways, and they went to where? The next price higher. Where? 404.50 up to 405. You could see that's what they did. Then they came back down. And you'll see in the notes, as you pause it and read them, that's where they would have gone. Above 403 and a quarter, they'll go to 404.50 to 405 as the next zone of importance and overhead resistance. And as you can see now on a 15-minute chart, it's a little more clear. You get to pan back a little bit. 404.50 to 405 was overhead resistance. Not once, but twice. And again, in front of the Fed meeting, very difficult to trade these situations. Trader's choice. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. Fed day, no Fed day. The numbers are going to work. It's just how much risk are you willing to put on in front of a situation like that? You want to get stuck in a trade, waiting for the Fed announcement. You might have to sell it at a loss because you don't want to be in. That whole situation comes into mind, which means early morning is one thing leading up to the Fed. I'm, for one, not willing to put on a position. And here you go, 2.14 in the afternoon. If anyone had the stones to buy the market under 3.99, you certainly would have taken profit already. That's that big bounce we saw for 20 plus handles off of 3.99 right around and after the Fed announcement. And there you have it. We did have some stocks on the move today. Might as well look at some charts. Best Buy was off the board. The other three, we'll take a look. We'll start with Comcast. Unfortunately, they opened below the number, opening print 34.87, my number 34.95, and they had a rip-roaring rocket ride back up in the other direction. That happens sometimes, but nevertheless, you can see here, repeat after me, the numbers work. About Penn Entertainment, P-E-N-N, they didn't do it in the morning session, they did it in the afternoon, getting help from Jerome Powell and the FOMC interest rate announcement. It worked in the afternoon. Who's taking that trade around the Fed? Probably not many. The takeaway? Yeah, of course. The numbers work. Same routine with Digital Realty, DLR. They don't do it in the morning. They come at the end of the day to get the deal done. Low was 104.50. They bounce off of it a little bit. Close above. That's not a trade. It's just the numbers work type situation. We would have liked it in the morning session down over here. Let them come into 104.50 here and have the same rocket ride away. That's the trade we're looking for. Sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't. That's the life of a trader. You take when they give you your number, not somebody else's number. Somebody else's number is a recipe to lose, unless you know that somebody is good at what they do. It's kind of like getting a book in school rather than buying a new one, you buy a used one, and you had some highlighter maniac in there. How do you know what that person was highlighting was important? You don't. What about Camp IWM? Chart looks very similar in terms of the last two days to the S&P. Obviously, the deal here is, and our benchmark here is, you give up this low here from the 12th, 
178, and there's another leg lower coming. That's your line in the sand. Coincides with the 50-period moving average on the daily chart, and that's a good pivot low that's going to be, as I like to say, a gateway. Closing the week out on this weekly chart below all these moving averages can't be a good thing for Camp IWM. Just saying. What about the folks down at the Transportation Department? We have a little bit of a positive day in the midst of everything else that was going on, and we have our favorite canary in the coal mine, second favorite market-leading indicator, above all the moving averages on the daily chart. Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with this chart. The weekly, which you got a snapshot of a second ago, again, nothing wrong with this chart. They almost reversed last week's reversal. We'll see where they close out this week. If they close out this week above last week's high, what will you have done? Well, you will have moved up. You will have tested the vicinity of the low of a breakup candle. So you have this kind of pullback. It's not a flag anymore. It would have been a flag if they didn't have a down week last week and this week. But it's not a flag. It's a pullback to run a test of the low or the low vicinity and the snapback of that breakup candle. So if they get back above last week's high, this is going to go higher. That's just the way it works. Write that one down. Put it on a sticky note. Canary in the coal mine. She may not be done just yet. The Q people will stay on the weekly for now. Same routine as the S&P. It's essentially a bull flag pattern. Nothing wrong with this until there is. We go with the data that's available at present. Daily chart looks the same as the others from the last two days. You had the Gap and Crap and the Fed Kabuki Theater. So those two days look the same across the board. Although when you look at the XLF, they had a little bit of a worse day, relative weakness against the S&P and other indices today. So whether that's trying to tell us something immediate or not remains a mystery. However, it won't remain a mystery if they start cracking below this support level, including the 200 period moving average, because that's going to open the door to trade down to 33.50, give or take. And then you have a whole new set of things going on down there. Smash Mouth, again, chart looks very similar to the others from yesterday and today, the Gap and Crap and the Kabuki candle. We're going to rely a lot on the weekly close in a couple of days. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.